Hi everyone, I trust that you're doing well. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. We expectant to receive from you. May you come, Holy Spirit, and teach us and activate us into the purposes of God. We open our hearts to you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Well, today I'm going to be preaching a message entitled, The Spirit of Knowledge. The Spirit of Knowledge. And I believe that God wants to activate something so powerful in us today. A powerful dimension of the Spirit. Knowledge is a good thing. I want to excite you about the idea of knowledge. Because when we speak of the spirit of knowledge, it's important that we first talk about knowledge in general. And knowledge is a good thing and we must desire it. In scripture, we see that ignorance is not bliss. The consequence of lacking knowledge is dire. For example, in Proverbs chapter 1, verses 28 to 29, it says, Then they will call on me, but I will not answer. They will seek me diligently, but they will not find me. Why? Verse 29, because they hated knowledge and did not choose the fear of the Lord. You'll see that in scripture, very often, knowledge is associated with the fear of the Lord. Because they hated knowledge and did not choose the fear of the Lord. My question to you today is, do you love knowledge? Do you love knowledge? Or do you hate it? Are you perhaps indifferent toward it? You see, knowledge can be accepted or rejected. Knowledge can also be forgotten. We can forget what we once knew. Knowledge is useless if it cannot be retained. What's the point of knowing something if you keep forgetting that which you once knew? And the Bible speaks of forgetfulness quite a bit. It talks about nations that forget God. All right? And we are warned not to forget his commandments. Are there things you once knew but have since forgotten? Is there knowledge you once had but you've since forgotten it? What's your relationship with knowledge? You see, knowledge will protect you in times of danger. It will protect you from danger. The Bible is clear that knowledge actually preserves us. Ecclesiastes chapter 7 verse 12, it says, Wisdom is a shelter as money is a shelter. But the advantage of knowledge is this. Wisdom preserves those who have it. And you can see there how wisdom and knowledge are often used interchangeably. But really, uh, in essence, wisdom is often the application of the knowledge that we have. See, wisdom is a shelter as money is a shelter. But the advantage of knowledge is this. Wisdom preserves those who have it. I want to encourage you today to aspire to be full of knowledge. It'll be a game changer for you. It'll be a game changer for you. In Proverbs 20 verse 15, it says, Gold there is and rubies in abundance. And many of us pursue these things, right? But then it says, But lips that speak knowledge are a rare jewel. Do you prize knowledge above gold? Do you prize knowledge above rubies? I think it's so powerful to be one who speaks knowledge. But lips that speak knowledge are a rare jewel. That's your portion. Now the good news is that regardless of where you are today in your relationship with knowledge, if you have the Holy Spirit, if you have the Holy Spirit, He is the Spirit of knowledge. You see, the Spirit of knowledge is the dimension of the Holy Spirit that gives the believer access 
to the knowledge of God. The spirit of knowledge is the dimension of the Holy Spirit that gives the believer access to the knowledge of God. And the good news is that God is generous with his knowledge. And in this message, I'm going to focus on how to activate the spirit of knowledge in your life. In the book of Isaiah, chapter 11, verse 2, it says this, The spirit of the Lord will rest on him, the spirit of wisdom and of understanding, the spirit of counsel and of might, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. I remember in about 1998, a good friend of mine, Gareth, he said to me, Paul, I believe this is a word for you. I believe that this is a scripture you must pray over your life regularly. And I began to do that ever since 98, praying for the spirit of wisdom and revelation, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. These are dimensions of the Holy Spirit. And the Bible here is obviously speaking of Jesus saying that the spirit of the Lord will rest upon him. How many of you know that we have that same spirit of the Lord? And a dimension of that spirit of God is the spirit of knowledge. You see, we cannot separate God's knowledge from the fear of the Lord. And as I take you on this journey, I want to encourage you. I want to encourage you because knowledge puffs up. I want to encourage you to embrace the fear of the Lord and that posture of the fear of the Lord where you revere God, where you give him the reverence due to him. That's where knowledge comes. In Proverbs 1 verse 7, it says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. In the book of Psalms 25 verse 12 and 14, it says, Who then are those who fear the Lord? Well, if that's you, it says he will instruct them in the ways they should choose. The Lord confides in those who fear him. He makes his covenant known to them. Isn't that powerful? If you want God to confide in you, fear the Lord. Fear the Lord. We're not talking about being afraid of God. We're talking about revering him, giving him the reverence that's due to him. It's crucial that as we embark on this journey of seeking God for supernatural knowledge, that we make a commitment to remain humble, to remain dependent on him. You see, the knowledge we will walk in must be mixed with love. It must be mixed with humility and must be mixed with the fear of the Lord. Those three ingredients are critical. Otherwise, knowledge ends up puffing you up. And I think you know many people in this world that have been puffed up by knowledge. In 1 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 1, it says, Now about food sacrificed to idols, we know that we all possess knowledge, but knowledge puffs up while love builds up. Knowledge puffs up while love builds up. Wisdom, which is the application of knowledge, is described in the following way by James. In James 3, verse 17, it says, But the wisdom that comes from heaven is first of all pure, then peace-loving, considerate, submissive. Often people full of knowledge, unfortunately, are not submissive. Full of mercy and good fruit, impartial and sincere. As we embark on this journey of growing in the knowledge of God, in the fullness of that knowledge, let's make sure we walk in purity, being peace-loving, considerate, submissive, 
full of mercy and good fruit, impartial and sincere. Now, there's a different source of knowledge that we can tap into that's not of this world. And this is where we start really getting deep into the spirit of knowledge. In 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 1 through to 8, the Bible reads, And so it was with me, this is Paul speaking, And so it was with me, brothers and sisters, when I came to you, I did not come with eloquence or human wisdom as I proclaimed to you the testimony about God. So you see, that's a distinct a differentiation between God's knowledge and worldly wisdom. I did not come with eloquence or human wisdom as I proclaimed to you the testimony about God. For I resolved to know nothing while I was with you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. I came to you in weakness with great fear and trembling. The fear of the Lord. Okay. Verse 4. My message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words, but with a demonstration of the Spirit's power, so that your faith might not rest on human wisdom, but on God's power. We do, however, speak a message of wisdom among the mature. But he's just said that we didn't come with this human wisdom and wise words. What is he talking about? It's a different type of wisdom. A message of wisdom among the mature, but not the wisdom of this age or of the rulers of this age who are coming to nothing. I want to ask you a question today. The wisdom you are functioning in right now, is it the wisdom of this age or is it the wisdom of God? The knowledge that you have in you is the source, the spirit of knowledge, or is it from another source? It says, but the wisdom of this age or of the rulers of this age who are coming to nothing. Verse 7, no, we declare God's wisdom, a mystery that has been hidden and that God destined for our glory before time began. None of the rulers of this age understood it, for if they had, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. Sometimes you can be operating from the spirit of knowledge, from the spirit of wisdom and revelation, but the world doesn't understand it. But that's not your measure. That's not your measure. One of the things that short circuits the spirit of knowledge from manifesting is when we glory in human wisdom. And I believe that it's a time for us to renounce human wisdom and to embrace the wisdom of God. You know, Jesus, he spoke under the unction of the spirit of knowledge. If you look at John chapter 12, verse 49, it says, For I did not speak, I did not speak on my own. This is Jesus speaking, right? I did not speak on my own, but the Father who sent me commanded me to say all that I have spoken. When you speak from the spirit of knowledge, you're speaking what God has given you to speak, just like Jesus did, and just like Paul is describing himself as having done. You see, when we operate from the spirit of knowledge, it results in might and authority. Have you ever had times when you're functioning from your own wisdom and there's no authority? But when you're speaking from the spirit of knowledge, all of a sudden, something begins to happen. In Matthew 7, 28 and 29, it says, When Jesus had finished these words, the crowds were amazed at his teaching, for he was teaching them as one having authority and not as their scribes. Isn't it interesting how Jesus says, I wasn't speaking from myself. I wasn't speaking my own words. 
I was speaking what the Father had given me. I believe God is raising up a generation that will speak words from the Father. In Proverbs 24 verse 5 in the NLT it reads, The wise are mightier than the strong, and those with knowledge grow stronger and stronger. I don't know if you want to be strong today, but one of the sources of spiritual strength is growing in knowledge, growing in knowledge and speaking the knowledge that comes from heaven. In 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 10 through to 16, very powerful key scripture. It says, these are the things God has revealed to us by his spirit. The spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. For who knows a person's thoughts except their own spirit within them. In the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. What we have received is not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God, so that we may understand what God has freely given us. This is what we speak, not in words taught us by human wisdom, but in words taught by the Spirit, explaining spiritual realities with spirit-taught words. The person without the Spirit does not accept the things that come from the Spirit of God, but considers them foolishness and cannot understand them because they are discerned only through the Spirit. The person with the Spirit makes judgment about all things, but such a person is not subject to merely human judgments. For who has known the mind of the Lord so as to instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. This is such a powerful scripture, such a powerful scripture. And as you reflect on this, please remember that Jesus is generous with his knowledge. So we can read this scripture and we can think, wow, the spirit of God knows the mind of God and knows the deep things of God. And I have the spirit of God so I can also know the mind of God and have access to the deep things of God. Wow, this is mind-blowing. We have the mind of Christ. And then doubt sets in. But just remember that Jesus is generous with his knowledge. He's generous with his knowledge. He loves to impart his knowledge to you. He's not stingy with what he knows. And we see this. You see, he's the exact reflection or representation of God's heart toward us. If we want to see what God's heart toward us is like, just look how Jesus lived. You see, in John 15 verse 15, it says, I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends. Why? For everything that I learned from my father, I've made known to you. Everything I learned from my father, I've made known to you. He is generous with what he knows, with what he's learned. And the purpose, one of the purposes of the Spirit of God is to literally, literally download what's in the Godhead and give it to us. The knowledge of God imparted to us. You see, the functioning of the Spirit of knowledge is not limited to the local church context. Because sometimes we talk like this and the default Christians have as they hear a message like this is, okay, well, he'll reveal his word to me and, and he'll show me how to prophesy better. And we just think of things that we do in a church setting. You see, the Spirit of God was involved in creation, wasn't he? Right? In Genesis chapter 1, verse 1 to 2, it says, In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering 
over the waters. Some, some translations say brooding over the waters. So surely then he knows all things pertaining to creation, pertaining to science, pertaining to the way the world works because he was involved in creating it. So here's the thing. We cannot separate God's knowledge from science because God knows all about science and God can teach us about science. So if you're a scientist today, trust God for revelation. Have the fear of the Lord operating in your life and say, God, give me knowledge of how the, way, how the, how the world works and he will reveal to you powerful things. So what are the different manifestations of the spirit of knowledge in our lives today? It's important for me to highlight this so that you know how to apply this message. The first manifestation I want to talk about is knowledge of your trade or craft. You see, the anointing can be for very practical things. The anointing of God is not just for healing the sick, right? The anointing of God is not just for prophecy. If you look at Exodus chapter 31, verses 1 through to 6, it says, Then the Lord said to Moses, See, I have chosen Bezalel, son of Uri, the son of Hur, of the tribe of Judah. And I have filled him with the Spirit of God. Right? With wisdom, with understanding, with knowledge. Now, we've already seen this. We see this in uh, Isaiah 11 that I read to you earlier on. With the spirit of God, right? With wisdom, that's the spirit of wisdom. With understanding, spirit of understanding. With knowledge, right? What does that look like? And with all kinds of skills. There's an anointing that skills you. To make artistic designs for work in gold, silver, and bronze. To cut and set stones. To work in wood. And to engage in all kinds of crafts. There's an anointing for craftsmanship. Moreover, I've appointed Ohiliab, son of Ahisiamak, of the tribe of Dan, to help him. Also, I have given ability to all the skilled workers to make everything I have commanded you. So there's divine ability given for craftsmanship. You can choose, am I going to just function in the natural or am I going to allow God to add his super to my natural. And it's interesting that he didn't limit it just to Bezalel or Ohiliab, but he said, all these skilled workers, I've anointed them also, I've given them the ability, right, to make everything that I've commanded you. They will help you out. There's an anointing for craftsmanship. You know what? This shows me that the spirit of knowledge is working in many of us right now, right? to maybe come up with new recipes if you're a chef, right? Or showing you how to fix people's cars. Maybe you're a diesel Mac. I know of people who have learned a language supernaturally and they still speak that language today. God taught them that language. I know one particular pastor, his wife was um, struggling with English, trying to learn English. She was struggling, right? She was working for some people and because she couldn't speak English, she ended up being fired. But one day he arrives home and she's just speaking English. And after a while he realizes, wait a minute, she's not speaking the language she grew up speaking. She's, she's actually now speaking English. All right. And that, that's how God can work. He can supernaturally teach people languages. 
And this is not someone who wasn't trying to learn. They were trying to learn, but then God just gave them a supernatural ability. Okay? Sometimes when the penny drops for your child and they're studying, 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 and they're struggling with a particular subject, then the penny drops and suddenly they're doing well in it. We just think, oh, that's just natural. Oh, it's just clicked. And sometimes it's natural, but I'm telling you right now, a number of times it's actually the spirit of knowledge at work. You know, the card games that I use in some of my corporate work and coaching people and some of my teamwork and so on, um, I actually got a prophetic word. And uh, what was said to me, this was years ago, Paul, I don't just see books. The people who help printing my book, they actually said to me, I don't just see books. I also see card games. I also see card games. And that I bore witness with that word. And basically, I started just developing these card games. And sometimes to actually uh, write out the content of them, it would just come to me in one go. Literally, it was supernaturally um, downloaded to me. And sometimes when people today are using those card games in some of my sessions, they're blown away with them. One of my clients recently, quite a senior guy in his company, he was saying, and Paul, I hope in this particular session coming up, are you going to include those cards? Are you going to include those cards? Right? So um, if I think of my questions that matter, box and book, where I prayed and I said, Lord, I want to be a good question asker. Great leaders don't just know the answers. They actually can ask the right questions. And I trusted them for questions. And it's amazing. Sometimes in one sitting, I would just literally have them downloaded 50 questions to me. That's the spirit of knowledge in operation. But guys, the starting point is the fear of the Lord. The starting point is banishing your human wisdom and banishing all pride and saying, God, I'm trusting you for this. I want to encourage you, don't switch off your spiritual antennas when you happen to be studying science or anything in this material world. Don't switch off your spiritual antennas because God is interested in it. Involve the Holy Spirit and depend on him and just watch this space. You see, God can give you knowledge and understanding of systems that are not necessarily of his kingdom. He can give you knowledge and understanding of a system that's not necessarily of his kingdom. Look at what happened to Daniel and his friends. In Daniel chapter 1 verse 20, it says, In every matter of wisdom and understanding about which the king questioned them, he found them ten times better than all the magicians and enchanters in his whole kingdom. Now this was wisdom being applied to the Babylonian system or the Babylonian kingdom, right? And these guys were 10 times better, Daniel and his friends, 10 times better. I believe that's our portion. When the spirit of knowledge is operating in believers today, they will function 10 times better than the world and will stand out as a result of it. And people will always be asking you for your insights. In Daniel 1 verse 17, it says, To these four young men, God gave knowledge and understanding of all kinds of literature and learning. It didn't say it of the Bible, right? didn't say of the Bible, of all kinds of literature and learning. And Daniel could understand visions and dreams of all kinds, right? That was his X factor on top of that. But to these four young men, God gave knowledge and understanding of all kinds of literature. God can give you knowledge and understanding of all kinds of literature and of all kinds of learning. One of the things my wife is able to do is she could just memorize big, big, long passages of poetry. 
Some of you have heard her in some of her sermons and she just begin to speak. And maybe you're thinking that she was reading from somewhere. And I said to her, um, I think it was yesterday or the day before, that my love, I believe that's the spirit of knowledge operating because he helps us to retain information. And I'll talk about that in a while. You see, all of this, all of this knowledge must be for the glory of God. It must be to advance his kingdom. You see, human wisdom leads to pride, okay? And scripture tells us that God resists the proud. So you can pray, Lord, show me the risks my organization is facing so that I can warn them. You can also pray, Lord, reveal to me the opportunities that we have in this nation and help me to articulate them at the right level. See, this is prophetic advantage that God gives us and it comes from the spirit of knowledge. And many believers need to learn how to tap into this. It will accelerate you. It will elevate you. But make sure you do it for his glory and for the advance of the kingdom. You see, often God will grant it to us as we seek his face and as we depend on him instead of on our own wisdom. So that's the first thing I really want to highlight to you that God can anoint you with a spirit of knowledge for things beyond the local church. The second thing I want to highlight is that knowledge of what to say at any given moment, that comes from the spirit of knowledge. That's one of the manifestations of the spirit of knowledge. You will have knowledge of what to say at any given moment. In Luke chapter 12, 11 to 12, it says, when they bring you before the synagogues and the rulers and the authorities, do not worry about how or what you are to speak in your defense or what you are to say. For the Holy Spirit will teach you in that very hour what you ought to say. When the Holy Spirit teaches you what to say spontaneously at that very moment, that's the spirit of knowledge. That's why he's called the spirit of knowledge. He teaches us and he imparts knowledge to us. You know, this is also useful when it comes to writing. Sometimes I will pray in the spirit. I'll pray in tongues for some time and then I begin to just write. You know, it might be in sermon preparation. It might be just uh, writing, taking notes uh, during a devotion. I begin to write and I know that what I am writing is either interpretation of what I've been praying in the spirit or at least it's something that's been activated through the prayer. Often um, I get messages, right, that just come in one go. It's like a funnel uh, being downloaded from heaven. It's important to tap into the spirit of knowledge. The third manifestation of the spirit of knowledge is knowledge of God. He gives us knowledge of God. We end up with great revelation concerning who God is, his character, his nature, how he operates, the process of God in our lives. In Hosea chapter 6 verse 6 in the ESV, it says, for I desire steadfast love and not sacrifice, the knowledge of God rather than burnt offerings. You see, God values it when we desire to know him. What can be known about him is limitless, limitless. And he's actually waiting for more people to seek his face so that he gives them revelation of who he is. Are you willing to be that person? Are you willing to be that person who he downloads knowledge of himself to? And my next question is, what will it cost you? What will it cost you? How much time will it cost you as you seek his face? as you take time aside just with him. 
The fourth manifestation of the spirit of knowledge is knowledge of his will. Knowledge of his will. In Colossians chapter 1 verse 9, the Bible says, For this reason, since the day we heard about you, we have not stopped praying for you. We continually ask God to fill you with the knowledge of his will through the wisdom and understanding that the Spirit gives. This is so important. So the Spirit gives wisdom. The Spirit gives understanding. That's one of the functions of the Spirit of God. But here Paul is praying for the saints and he's saying, we continually ask God to fill you with the knowledge of his will. This is a very powerful prayer to continuously pray over people. Show them, Lord, give them the knowledge of your will. You see, I don't want to just know more about God. I also want to have a revelation of his will for my life, of his will for the church, of his will for my family. This comes from the spirit of knowledge. This is why it's possible for someone to have great revelation of God's purpose for the nations and prophesy over the nations and do these amazing things, but completely miss it when it comes to knowledge of his will for their own life. The fifth manifestation I want to share with you of the spirit of knowledge is knowledge of the truth and of the future. John 16, 13 says, But when he, the spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all the truth. This is so important, just that statement. He'll guide you into all the truth. Some translations say he'll guide you into all truth. So when you're functioning with the spirit of knowledge, it protects you. Remember I said earlier on that knowledge protects. It protects you from deception. It protects you from error. There's the spirit of this age. They're lying spirits. And then there's the spirit of knowledge that comes from the spirit of God. He'll guide you into all the truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears. And he will tell you what is yet to come. And that's another dimension. That's to do with the future. You see, sometimes he'll reveal to you impending danger, right? Like he did when Paul was caught in a storm, right? And he was warned that this is what's going to happen. There's going to be a shipwreck. So the spirit of knowledge can give you that prophetic dimension where you see into the future, right? Where you see into the future and you're warned concerning things to come. He also guides you into all truth concerning scriptures, concerning what's true about God and what's true about the way the world works. The sixth manifestation I want to share with you of the spirit of knowledge is that knowledge of things we have previously been taught. We gain knowledge of things we've previously been taught. In John 14, 26, it says, But the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. Isn't it amazing? This verse actually shows us that we need to have studied the word and been with Jesus because the Spirit will remind us of everything Jesus had said to us. Okay? So operating in the spirit of knowledge is not a way of escaping study of the word. Right? When we're not intimate with him and we're not in the word, it actually limits what he can work with. Have you noticed that? You know, it can actually limit what God can work with. You see, so very often you'll find that you'll prophesy according to your knowledge of the word. And if you don't have much word in you, that's when you start prophesying in the flesh, coming up with things that are not necessarily scriptural, right? It's the same thing you'll do when you're now speaking to people. 
But the more word you have in you, the more the Holy Spirit has to work with in terms of bringing it to remembrance, bringing it to the fore. And that's why I said, I'm blown away by how my wife remembers certain things, okay? In terms, and I know it's supernatural. I know it's a supernatural thing that God will be giving her, right? So the spirit of knowledge brings things to remembrance and helps us to remember. The seventh dimension I want to share with you of the spirit of knowledge in terms of how he manifests is knowledge of other people's situations. You see, God can give you a word of knowledge with regards to an ailment or something that was lost in the house. You know, oh, there it is. You know, often when we lose stuff, we find ourselves praying, Lord, and he gives us a flash of maybe it's there, maybe it's there. All right. Um, sometimes it's to do with sickness and disease. I remember the one time I had a very gentle picture in one of our services of this right ear. You know, and I just see this right ear. And I almost ignored it, thinking like, huh. But then I spoke and I just said, hey guys, um, does anyone here struggle with their right ear? Maybe in terms of hearing. And a lady who could barely speak English came up. And I remember that we had to use a translator. I think her home language is Tsonga. And we managed to find someone who spoke Tsonga and we started to translate. And we discovered that she couldn't hear properly from her right ear. All right. And in that whole process, uh, the Lord healed her and she could start hearing again. Right. So sometimes when God gives you the spirit of knowledge, um, it's very gentle at times. Sometimes you could just think it was a thought of yours, but it was the spirit of knowledge. And that's why we see that in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 7 through to 8, it says, now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. To one there is given through the Spirit the message of wisdom. To another, the message of knowledge by the same Spirit. Right? So our source of the word of knowledge is the Spirit of knowledge, the Spirit of God. May God help us to function in the Spirit of knowledge. May we do so with a pure heart. This is our prophetic advantage. May we be those who cry out continuously, Father, grant me, grant me the spirit of knowledge so that I will be a greater blessing to my organization, a greater blessing to my family, a greater blessing to my kids, my school, my nation. In Jesus' mighty name, let's function in the spirit of knowledge. Jesus is so generous with his knowledge. I want to thank those of you who uh, were with us this last week as we fasted and prayed, seeking God concerning this particular year. I believe that there are breakthroughs coming. Some of them have already occurred during this last week. Let's keep being prayerful. Keep coming to our online prayer meetings that we have. Keep pushing in the spirit. God is up to something. And one of the keys is functioning in the spirit of knowledge. God bless you.